Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to Jonah chapter number 3, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1, Jonah chapter 3 and, and uh, verse number 1. We've been uh, using some little phrases to begin the sermon with. Jonah chapter number 1 was, Confession is good for the soul. And then we noticed uh, last night and preached on how do you spell release. P-R-A-Y-E-R was Jonah's way of uh, spelling release. And I want to borrow a phrase that old timers up around where we're from used to use and Maybe they still use it down here, I don't know, to uh, preach Jonah chapter number 3. And I want to use this little phrase and preach on let's go to meeting. You ever heard that phrase? Uh, Esther's grandfather was an old-timey preacher back in the mountains and passed away at 96. I preached his funeral. And those are the phrases they used to use because they meant it. When they, they didn't go to church, they went to meeting. And if it took all day to have meeting, they stayed all day to have meeting. And I can remember back uh, when I first started pastoring, I called an old-timer from West Virginia to come preach a revival for me, and he said, well, how many weeks do you want me? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we used to go on two, no less than two weeks. It takes that long just to get things on track. And used to go three or four weeks. He said, we go to meeting. And uh, I'll tell you, that's, that's, I like to go to meeting, don't you? I don't just like to go to church. I like to go to an old-fashioned, we've had a meeting this week. I'll tell you, I've enjoyed this singing. Now, I appreciate these choirs that have visited. And I'm not just saying it to say it, but the, your choir don't have to take no back seat. That's a blessing. Thank God. And you ought to appreciate the good singing that you have, because I, I tell you, I'm gone about all the time, crisscrossing, uh, as far west as Texas, and, and I, I get in some pretty pitiful situations when it comes to singing. I have to, my preaching ain't that good, but I have to endure the, pre, uh, the singing to get to the preaching. Uh, that's bad. But I tell you, I haven't endured it this week. I have thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it, every phrase, phase of it. It's been a great blessing. But I, I like to go to meeting. And, uh, of all the places in the Word of God that uh, you can find a real genuine meeting, I think Jonah chapter number 3 is a meeting. There's no doubt. And let's read it and we'll find out about this meeting. The Bible said, And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Now you remember in chapter 1, the Lord warned him to go to Nineveh. He refused. Got on board a ship, was thrown overboard, swallowed by a whale. And then he prayed while he was in that whale in chapter 2, and then and he is spit out in verse 10. But now chapter 3, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them 
even to the least of them. Wouldn't you call that a meeting? For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. Isn't that a meeting? He caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. Let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hand. That's a meeting. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger and we perish not? God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Let's go to meeting. Well, if this is a meeting, I think you've already agreed with me that it is. And we want to have a meeting. Why not let's just look through this chapter and find out how you can have a meeting. I think it's beyond any shadow of doubt that the preeminent thing that seems to surface from Jonah chapter number 3 that, that this meeting centered around is the Word of God. It was the Word in verse number 1 that came unto Jonah the second time. It was Jonah who rose up and went, the Bible said, according to the Word. And it was the Word that came unto the people and the Word that came unto the king. So it was the Word of God that shook this place and caused a genuine Holy Ghost meeting. I'm going to tell you, if we're ever going to have a meeting, we're going to get back to the book. Start preaching the truth and believing the Word of God. You can't have a meeting on fairy tales. I know there's a church up the road from us, and some of the folks come down and said that the uh, minister had uh, gotten to the place on Sunday morning that he'd take the kids and set them up on the platform and tell them stories about Pinocchio and things like that, and then end the service that way. Honey, don't expect any kind of meeting on Pinocchio. It just don't come. If there's going to be a genuine Holy Ghost, heaven-sent meeting, it'll come through the Word of God. It'll be the Word of God that'll be sung in the song. It'll be the Word of God that'll be prayed in the prayer. And it'll be the Word of God that'll be preached from the pulpit, and it'll be the Word of God that we hear with our ears, and the Word of God that we believe with our hearts, and honey, when the Word of God becomes preeminent, we're fixing to have a meeting. No more discussing. No more deciphering. But a simple preaching, proclaiming, and believing the truth of the Word of God. If anything is going to bring a meeting, we need the Word of God to do so. Anything short of that is a fleshly exercise and an emotional stir that's not going to bring what we need. So I want to point out to you three things concerning the Word of God and having a meeting. First of all, I want to point out to you the importance of the Word of God in conquering us. 
I'm trying to say we need the Word of God tonight just like they needed it in Jonah's day. As a matter of fact, the key to this whole book is the Word of God. Take God's Word out of Jonah. Take God's Word out of this book. And nothing matters anymore. If Jonah doesn't hear the Word of God and act upon the Word of God and preach the Word of God and the Ninevites hear the Word of God and believe the Word of God and act upon the Word of God, then nothing is going to happen. So it is vital and important that the Word of God be the center of uh, this meeting that is going on. And uh, this is true because we need the Word of God, first of all, to conquer us. Now, I want to say to you, the Word of God doesn't come to... Uh, the Word of God doesn't come so it can discuss with us what needs to be done. The Word of God doesn't come and imply to us what needs to be done. It doesn't come and suggest to us what needs to be done, but the Word of God comes to conquer us and to take over us. This is the truth of the Word of God as it comes to take supreme position in our lives. Now, Jonah's got some problems here with the Word of God. But before it's over with, he has been conquered. And now he is obeying the Word of God. The Ninevites have been conquered and they are repenting as a result of the Word of God. I'm trying to say the Word of God conquers us. Now, two things I want to point out to you as far as what is being conquered by the Word of God. I think, first of all, uh, Jonah's options are being conquered. Jonah's options. When the Word of God came into Jonah the first time, he had some options. You know what I mean by options? He had other ways that he could go. So the Word came to Jonah and said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, well, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I've got some other options. I've got some money saved up, and I know where there's a port and some ships, and uh, I'll just go 2,000 miles in the other direction. I'll take the other route, Lord, if you don't mind. I've got some options. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You ain't ever going to have anything accomplished in your life as long as you have options. As long as there are other voices that you're listening to, as long as there are other routes that you're willing, as long as you've got a way out from what God wants you to do, you're always going to take that way out. So what the Word of God does is it comes to us and it cancels our options so that there's no second secondary route. There's only one way and that's the Lord's way. And the Word of God came to him and said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah said, well, I don't have to do what the Word of God said. And somebody said, well, you know, if you don't want to do what the Lord don't want, want you, uh, you don't want to do what the Lord wants you to do, you don't have to. Don't believe that hogwash. Somebody else said, well, God won't ever force you to do anything against your will. Tell Jonah that. He'd have a hard time believing it, wouldn't he? Honey, the Word of God doesn't come around. 
to mealy mouth and, and, uh, and, and let you do what you... No, the Word of God comes and it says, Thus saith the Lord, that's the way it is and that's the way it's going to be. See, we're, we're man, uh, human, and we always have our options. We have our, our ways of, of going in our direction. And I'm going to tell you, by the time that the Word of the Lord got done with Jonah, the Bible said in verse number 1, the Word of the Lord, chapter 3, the Word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, what's the Word saying? The same thing it said the first time. See, you may change, but the book doesn't change. It's always the same, always has been, and always will be. You may flounder around and go your direction, but honey, when it's all said and done, you get back to God, He's going to say the same thing to you that He said to you in the beginning. The word of the Lord came to him sex time, said, Jonah, you get up and you go preach to Nineveh. And what does Jonah do? Jonah arose. Did he go get him a ship anymore? Did he head off in the other direction anymore? Oh, he didn't have any options anymore. All of his options were canceled. He said, yes, Lord, even though I don't like it, I'm going your way. This book is out to rule our lives and take away from us our secondary routes. A double-minded man, the Bible said, is unstable in all of his ways. God's out to take your options away from you. See, no, no marriage is really a marriage until all the options have been canceled. Huh? Never. You never have a safe relationship. No church member is a safe church member until all the options are canceled. You find the church member said, well, if he makes me mad, I'll go down the road. Honey, you've got option. You might as well head that way. Huh? I don't want folks coming to me saying, well, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, take this church, let the other go, and we'll just keep on going around. Honey, don't come until the options are gone, and you know this is where God wants you, and you can't go anywhere else. I don't like seeing my folks go. No. I'm talking about my folks. I don't want none of them to go. I don't ever try to run them off. But honey, I'm going to tell you something. I don't ever try to keep them either. Because I'm not interested in trying to hold folks back as they're trying to pull away. You know what Jesus said to Simon when that crowd turned and would not follow Jesus anymore because he preached the word unto him. He unto them. He turned, he said, Simon, wilt thou leave also? Simon said, Lord, I don't have any options. Where am I going to go? Thou hast the words of life. I like folks that have got their mind made up. They believe the book. Well, they like it or not, they're going to go God's way because God's taking their options away. And the Lord knows how to do that. He knows how to do that. And thank God for every child of God, every saint that's had their options crossed out. And they have nowhere to go. And so they stay with what is right and they stay with God. I love that, don't you? Conquered his options. He doesn't have any more now. He said, I just think I'll go to Nineveh. But not only did it conquer his 
options. I'm talking the Word of God here to conquer us. Here to conquer us. But it conquered his opinion. I don't care too much for these talk shows, and I hope you don't either, but every now and then I stumble across them. That's the stupidest, silliest mess I ever heard as they sit and argue back and forth in their opinions over everything, and when they're done, you're more confused than what you were when you first turned it off. You don't even know what what they're talking about. That's their opinion. That's what they say. Your opinion. That's your opinion. Well, that's your opinion. You know, when God first came to Jonah, that's what what old Jonah said. You know, I've got got my opinion. My opinion is them Ninevites ain't no good and I ain't messing with them. That's my opinion. They're not worth saving. That's my opinion. That's what he felt about. And the way I see it is, is if I don't want to go, then I'm just going to run. Besides, in my way of seeing it, I can get away from the Lord. If I want to, I'll run from the Lord. That's the way I, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. <laughs> my opinion is I don't like him. I don't want to go. And my opinion is I'll just run from God. He won't be able to catch me. That's my opinion. Doesn't the Bible say that he thought he could? He fled from the presence of the Lord. Oh boy, I'm going to tell you, there's so much of us in us and so much, so many junky ideas in our mind. That somehow we think we can just slither around the Word of God and manipulate and get things done the way we want to do it. If we want to obey it, we'll obey it. If we don't want to obey it, we won't obey it. But I'm going to tell you something. You will obey it. God will make you obey it. And He will cancel not only your options, but He will cancel your opinions about the matter. Doesn't make any difference how Jonah feels about it. Doesn't make any difference what he thinks about it. Doesn't make any difference what his idea of philosophy about it is. The Word of God said to go to Nineveh and preach, and that's what he's supposed to do. It cancels his options. It cancels his opinions as it rules him and as it controls the situation. Thank God for the Word of God that is here to conquer us. Conqueror. When the Word of God came in, I was born again of incorruptible seed by the Word of God that liveth in the body forever. And 30 years ago, just prior to my salvation, I knew nothing about the Bible. But honey, that day when Jesus came into my heart and the Word of God, the seed of the Word of God, I'll tell you, bursted forth. Uh, when it did that, it took over my life. Took over my life. It's not a book you started picking up so you could go to Sunday school and go back to house and lay it down and forget it. This book rules your life. You say, well, I don't want it to. I'm sorry. It's going to. It's going to. So, well, I ain't going to let it. Oh, yes, you will. When you get out of well, you'll let it. God knows how to. He'll, he'll, He'll do it. He'll do it. I say, if we're going to have a meeting, we need the Word of God to conquer us, don't we? You need to be conquered. But secondly, I want to point out to you, not only do we need the Word of God to conquer us, but we need the Word of God to conform us. To conform us. You know, it's amazing how God takes situations and uh, puts them all together and then brings out such a, a marvelous thing that, that we would never imagine could could ever be brought out. 
Jonah has been in the belly of a whale three days and three nights, and he comes out with a mission. You know what his mission is? His mission is to go and preach unto Nineveh and tell them to believe the Word of God and to repent and get right, or else. But what a better man to pick than Jonah, because he just learned firsthand that you better repent and get right and don't mess with God or else. <laughs> you see, the Word of God has been conformed within him. He and his message now is inseparable. They are one and the same. God's Word, again, is not a little book with, uh, with black print on white pages that we carry around out here, but it's the living Word that dwells within us. And it conforms us. It makes us into what God wants us to be in this world so we can be our message. Not just proclaim our message, but be our message. You ever seen that throughout the Old Testament? Whatever God's doing in your life, I'm going to tell you what He's doing. He is conforming you. He is making you as a potter would, a piece of clay into a vessel that you can carry the, the very message of God in. And, the, and it's inseparable, one and the same. That's what God does. The Lord wanted Israel to hear a message about their adultery against Him because Israel was, was God's wife. So what did He do? He went and got a man. He molded him into the same situation as He married a woman by the name of Gomer who was a harlot. And he in his own heart felt the sorrow that God felt as his wife went out on him and played the adulteress. And God said to Hosea, Hosea, you get up in the morning and you go preach to Israel and you tell them this. While they're looking at you and they're talking about you and they're talking about what your wife's done to you, you tell them that that's what they've done to me. You see, Hosea and the message became one and the same. God worked that message in him. He didn't have to just pity-pat around. He didn't have to stir up something within himself. He felt what God felt. And come home at night and got down to pray about his wife and the situation he was in. He could pray to a God who knew what was going on. I'll tell you, when he thundered forth that message, he thundered it forth with lightning because he felt it in his soul. It was his experience. The Word of God was living within him. So it was with Ezekiel who laid on one side for over a year and on another side for a certain amount of days. He said, you tell Israel when they ask you why are you laying on your side that they're going to be in captivity these many days and not going to be able to move out of that captivity. He became his message. I'm here to tell you, Jonah, God needed a man that could go with thunder in his soul, not somebody just fooling around. He needed somebody with passion about that message who had lived that message and knew what that message was all about because he wanted to save some Ninevites. And I'm going to tell you, when Jonah came out of the belly of that well, the Word of God had conformed him. And there were some things he believed wholeheartedly. When he came into Nineveh, 
with all of that vomit all over him and that seaweed. And I tell you, you could see the message of God on him. You could smell the message of God on him. And you could hear the message of God thunder from his soul as he said to them, Repent! Repent! Don't mess with God! You've got 40 days! Get it over with! Somebody said, Man, we ain't never heard such preaching. Honey, I'm telling you, one little old preacher preached eight words and turned the city upside down because God's message was dynamite in his soul. And he believed that. And shook a nation that had conquered worlds, made them bow because of the power of the message that was alive within him. And somebody said, well, how does he know? He's preaching a message of repentance and fear. No, how does he know? Honey, he knows all about it. He just got out of whale. And he's done mess with God. And he's done mess with God's Word. And he's done found out you better let God rule the situation. And he preached it with authority. You, the Word of God was conformed in it. You know why you're going through the experiences that you're going through today and me the experiences? God don't need paper boys and He don't need mailmen. They're a dime a dozen. But He knows those who have lived the life and are the message and they deliver the message. Amen. I used to say, and I've heard preachers say, well, don't get mad at me, I'm the paper boy. No, no, it's deeper than that. That's right, who cares who the paper boy is or anything about his life as long as he gets the paper? That's right. <laughs> That's not so with God's Word. God's Word and God's man and God's people are one and the same. When people see you, they see the living Word of God. Through the experiences that you have come through, they realize that it is the living Word of God. What you have faced and what you have tasted of the waters of life as God's Word has brought you through. It is those things that you proclaim and testify of and people listen because they know that you have experienced something. They listen to what Jonah has to say. Well, you know, you know how it is when you first... Well, it, you'd have to be a preacher to know, but most of preaching when you first start preaching is theorizing. You haven't experienced anything, so all you can do is just preach what you know, everybody's told you and what they've read you. Theorize. A lot of Christianity is just theorizing. But how did the further along in the journey that you get? You stop theorizing and you start preaching fact and truth that's living in you because you've been through it. Oh boy, what about preaching that verse? It's a great verse. Every young preacher's preached it. Thy grace is sufficient for thee. Oh, well, it's true. We believe it, but we're theorizing. <laughs> oh, as you get down the, uh, uh, along the journey, boy, you go through some of the great heartaches of life and come out on the other side experiencing that verse. Then you stand and you say, and people know what you're saying is true. The grace of God is sufficient for you. Because you've lived it, you know what it's all about. I'm here to say that the Word of God conquers us, and the Word of God conforms us. God wants some people who have become their message 
He works on us to make it so. Now, I want you to notice this in the last piece. The Word of God. We're going to have a meeting. We need the Word to conquer us. We need the Word to conform us. But also, we need the Word of God to convince us. To convince us. I tell you, I'm not convinced of too much anymore. You, as far as this world's concerned, not convinced too much at all. I, I, honestly, I, I cannot tell you that I believe that our president is telling the truth. <laughs> I am not convinced of that. Are you? I'm not convinced of a lot of it. I just, I get sick and tired of what all the world's got to say. I'm glad for when we can come together and just hear what the Word of God has to say. I'm glad Jonah didn't come through here giving a bunch of illustrations and telling a bunch of stories and talking about himself. He came preaching the Word of God. That's what we need to hear. That's what needs to convince us. As far as this world is concerned, I've heard enough. But thank God for the prophets of God and the men of God and the people of God who still believe the Word of God and they proclaim that. Jonah comes forth preaching the Word of God in this meeting and this Word convinces, they are convinced by the Word of God. I don't like high-pressured evangelism, do you? Hmm? I don't like 99 stanzas of just as I am. Come on, is there one more, one more, one more, one more? I've even been in meetings where they'd say, I, God, so many three on this side, nine on this side. That plays too much on the mind. No! Jonah didn't even give an invitation! And everybody from the king down got right. I ain't against invitations, but I'm going to tell you, let the Word do its work, and if the Word can't do it, it won't work no how. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, in this day and age, we can't compete with this world. There's too much out there. Too much entertainment. Too much Showtime, too much everything, and honey, it's gotten into the church. Now, folks don't want to go to church unless they got some kind of ministry for every little pothole or department. Is there a certain department for false teeth victims? I'm telling you, it's about that bad. Everybody's got ministries now. I'm in swimming pool ministries, all kind of ministries. Well, I'm going to tell you, the amazing Jonah come on the scene in this hour, and he had something for those in the 80s. And it worked. I got something for those in the 80s, and it works. The gospel. I got something for the singles, the gospel. I got something for young folks, the gospel. <laughs> I got an all-in-one ministry. Preach the word and junk the rest of that stuff. Your children don't need babysitters. 
running them all over the country and in a little department. They need the mighty word of God. I never did get into this junk. Even when I was young. Because the Holy Ghost got a hold of me. I didn't know nothing about religion. I got saved during the time of revival. And it was the mighty power of the Spirit of God that convicted me when no man was around. And I found out it works. And that's all I use. <laughs> Say, Jonah, you holding a meeting in Nineveh? Yeah. We got any special singers? <laughs> no, I hadn't planned none. You got any, you got any, you got any special, no, don't have no, yeah, I got something special. You got eight words with the power of God in it. Soaked down. Saturated. Holy Ghost, heaven, sin. Repentance fell. Men and women got right with God. You didn't have to pull and jerk and beg and plead and cheapen the gospel. I'm going to tell you what our our job is not to cheapen the gospel to try to get folks in. I've had folks actually tell me, well, you know, if if I if, 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 can I get saved and still drink? Honey, go back to the house and drink all you want. You ain't ready for salvation. But if you ever get convinced of the Holy Ghost, that there's a hell and there is a judgment and you're going there, nobody's going to have to deal with you over liquor, honey. Get out of there. You're fixing to come dry to God. Yeah. Jonah said, Repent! Forty days! And they repented! Men and women need to be convinced by the Word of God. And it was the Holy Ghost. I could take you within a step or two of when the Holy Ghost, walking down a little alley, when the Holy Ghost stopped me and said, you know you're lost and you're going to hell. And that's the first time I'd ever realized that I only heard the gospel twice. Two or three times. But I thought that if I took another step, I would be in that hell. Oh, that's the way these folks, they were convinced. They were convinced. Only the Word of God through the sword of the Spirit, as the sword of the Spirit can convince you. I preach and preach and preach and preach to my church and preach all over the place. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad the Lord taught me that it ain't me that's going to do anything anyhow, son. You just go tell them your eight words and get out of there. (laughs) You go shoot them eight words. Don't add nothing. Take nothing away and get out of there as quick as you can. I'll take care of it. Huh? I like that. This thing's too big for me. I can't handle it. But all i got to do is say eight words. Amen. He didn't even have a good illustration. <laughs> it was not even alliterated. It was not even outlined. You couldn't write it down. Amen. Folks don't get outlines anyway. They get a message from God. Amen. One little phrase, one word. 
It humbles us preachers to know we don't have as much to do with it as you think. The power of God. They're convinced. Convinced. And I'll tell you, if a man ever, when I was walking down there, when the Holy Ghost got a hold of me, I said, oh God. I thought you had to be saved in church. I didn't know. I never. I, I swear I heard the God. I said, if you'll let me live the next Sunday, I, I'll get saved. I want to get saved. And the Lord said, well, it's all right with you. I'll just save you right here. And he did. Because <laughs> my heart had yielded. I was convinced I was going to hell. I was afraid to take it next. You ever been there? Ooh. Hey, I'm still that way in my service to God. The spirit of the Lord. You never get over that. Never get over that. Jonah came and preached unto them, and he had the Word of God, and it was the Word of God that convinced them. Let me just mention these things. I told them. They were they were hopelessly convinced. Look what kind of message he gave him. He he cried and said to them, Forty days and none of us shall be overthrown. Well, there's no hope. There's no hope. Can I say to you tonight, there's no hope. There's no hope. But if you ever get to the place that there's no hope, that's when you'll find hope. It's at the end of no hope that you get hope. Huh? B.B. Caldwell said a woman called him one night and said, B.B., come down. A preacher, come down. And said, my husband, he's... He's down here. I, I believe. He, I believe he, he's bad under conviction. She said. He said, "Sister, has he got any hope?" He said, "I don't think so." He said, "I'll be right there." Find a sinner that ain't got no hope and feels as though that he's ready to drop off into hell. And honey, you'll find one. You won't have to say much more than just kick the basket under him. He's ready to drop. Hopelessly convinced. They are physically convinced. They stop eating. They are royally convinced. The king even bows. They are morally convinced. They repent. They are totally convinced. I'm going to tell you, I believe that the Word of God, if it really works in your life, will totally convince you. From head to foot. Head to foot. I'm trying to say tonight that we need to have a meeting, but the only way to have a meeting is the Word of God, the conqueror, conform us, and convince We need something, you know, as they used to say, that'll stick to your ribs. And the only thing I know tonight that'll stick to your ribs spiritually is the book. Preaching Christ and Him crucified. I close with this note, but I was invited to go to a meeting uh, to hear another preaching, and Esther and I were going to sing. And uh, we went to that meeting, and this fellow, he was called a big time preacher. And uh, I'm not going to play down on that because I, I know some preachers that in my heart, I, they are big. And uh, but he got up and, and, you know, for an hour, a solid hour, you know what he got up and did? He got up and talked about how that he, uh, the president even had one of his tapes on his desk. And how many secretaries he had to run off his tapes and get his message out. And how that people just uh, thought he was just such a great preacher. And one little girl even broke down and cried and said, You're my hero. 
I'm listening to that mess for a solid hour. I'm sick. The sad part about it is, is just as I left, I heard other folks saying, Boy, ain't he great. And my heart breaks when I think about that. Because I'm going to tell you something. This ought to be the preeminent thing in this place. If all you know anything about in this meeting is what I've done, we've missed the mark. We can't have a meeting. I'm going to tell you something. If the Word of God gets wedged in here sideways and you can't get around it and it gets in your heart and you get controlled and conformed and convinced, you won't even have to say nothing about it. Everybody knows you had a meeting. <laughs> Everybody knows you had a meeting when the Word takes over. Thank God for his book, don't you? Let's go to meet. Let's stand by.